0: I don't know about you folks, but I do know that the number of situations that come to my attention, that cause me to actually stop and think or take notice, are sometimes almost overwhelming. There seems to be a never ending, constantly increasing stream of situations happening that are often upsetting and frequently disruptive to specific goals that I have set or things that I feel led to accomplish. But the most important aspect of this stream is that it sometimes causes me to lose the peace that I have and need with God and causes me to take my eyes off of Jesus, and that is not a good thing. I'm reading through the Bible again, from cover to cover and this time I have one specific goal in mind. I want to take each and every word that God gives me, that will bring me closer to Him and helps me understand and appreciate Him better. And right from the onset, if one is honest, one comes to recognize very quickly, our own limitations in being able to comprehend and appreciate, all that God gives us in His Word. I marvel at the duration of time that is often involved as God shows us the lay of the land so to speak, with human traits noted in the ability or inability of the individual that God has specifically chosen, to move forward with His plan. The tasks that He assigned to Noah or Moses as an example, were huge. What Moses, in particular, was able to accomplish is actually mind-boggling when you stop to consider the exodus from Egypt, the tabernacle and the law and then just to make it interesting, God told Moses to write it all down. Could a human mind even orchestrate such a thing, with all of the just below the surface symbolism and inferences that continue on throughout the entirety of the Bible? One cannot help but recognize very early that God is vastly different from us. God is holy in the necessity to appreciate that realization is repeated over and over again. Absolutes are absolutes, and God not only asks us to respect and honor Him but He gives us the physical holy object to reinforce the spiritual reality. In short, He breaks it down for us, so that we take it to heart. The wonder of this reality is that he goes to the bother. God's interaction with man and man's interaction with God. It evolves, it's progressive, constantly revealing more and more of God's nature and attributes, while identifying and showcasing the many shortfalls of humanity. Then there's the various festivals, the offerings, the responsibilities and duties of the priesthood that are to be honored. Put yourself in the shoes of an average Israelite. This is not Sunday morning lip service that we are talking about. Blessings if they follow, curses if they don't. Don't be too quick to cast a finger at those who didn't make it to the promised land. Had you or I been there, we probably would have been among those who never made it. And the amazing part is, that was just the beginning. And always, always, God is teaching and showing us that our true fulfillment is met totally in Him. And yet, God in His wisdom chose to let it unfold, so to speak, in this manner, so that the many who followed would have an example and reference point from which to make judgment calls and move forward in accordance with His will. And who was the one in all of recorded history who perfectly fulfilled the will of God? That would be Jesus. Background noise or distractions. Purpose, to distract. Goal, to move our focus from. Who do you think is the author of that? If we are in the birth pains of the latter days, of which I think we are, what can we expect to see? More and more of the same. In fact Jesus told us specifically that this would happen. Satan has a lot of cards in his deck of distractions and he doesn't care which one you pick just as long as you pick one. Anything, anything, that achieves his objective of getting us to take our eyes off of Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, who walked among us, in the flesh. And what might some of these distractions be? Well, as of late, think conspiracy theories, think opposing government ordinances, think sowing distrust and division. Think focusing on what we see is important and what we need to do and how we should do it. And when I say we, I am talking about we as an individual Christian and we as the collective church. And why is that important to Satan? Very simple, if he can keep our eyes, minds and hearts off of Jesus, we're sitting ducks, afloat on the ocean of humanity, without a hope, without an anchor. Remember how Jesus dealt with the accusations that Satan threw at him? Three words, it is written. And what does God's word, as in it is written, instruct the church to do? Consider 1 Peter two thirteen to 21 NIV which states the following. 3 Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority, 14 or to governors, who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. 15 For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. 16 Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover up for evil, live as God's slaves. 17 Show proper respect to everyone, love the family of believers, fear God, honor the emperor. 18 Slaves, in reverent fear of God submit yourselves to your masters not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. 19 For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. 20 But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. 21 To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example, that you should follow in His steps. Emphasis is mine. Now the ASV and the KJV says ordinance of man instead of every human authority but I think the meaning is relatively clear. We're talking about order that is brought about and governed by man. Do you get the general guidance that is being given here to the church? Was the Roman Empire a Christian organization? Was slavery something that God endorsed? The answer is no and no. Are we told or encouraged as the church, to dive into the inner workings of the government that we are under? Please note that I am not talking about private citizens who are Christians, who enter politics as their profession, I am talking about the body of believers as a unity known as the Church. The political workings of a nation are one thing and the divine mission of the Church are another and they are not one and the same. And when we find that the Church has placed itself as a political arm within the political structure of a nation, what do you think is likely to happen next? And more importantly, who do you think from a spiritual power perspective, will gain most from what will happen next? Do we really think that the problems we all have are all due to one particular political party? If all our problems stem from them, then obviously we ourselves are not part of the problem. Does that sound to you like we are being a tad short-sighted? Is changing the political party that is in power going to change our nation from being unholy to holy? Not even close. And what was the great commission that Jesus gave to the church again? Is there any possibility that the church, the body of Christ might get overly involved at working on cross-purposes? and the reason for being susceptible to working at cross-purposes, is that as the root problem runs much deeper, it's ingrained in us regardless as to whether we are Republicans or Democrats, liberals or conservatives. We all are sinners. All, without exception. Ah. But we're not as sinful as them. Really? Are we really talking degrees? You don't see a problem with that logic? Do the words unless you are born again, ring another bell? Satan is currently having a field day we're divided and just to make it interesting, even within our divisions, we are divided even more within those specific divisions. And what is the source of this division? Is God the author of confusion? Does God's Word not give us the test by which we can ascertain as to whether the source is from God? 1 John 4 2-4 NIV This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God, every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Might that not be the us in them? Do you not find it interesting how our focus on us and them has shifted? And when are we to use this test? That would be every angelic appearance, every new revealed doctrine, that would be all spiritual phenomena, including prophetic utterances and decrees, tested for its true source, especially when compared with it is written but that's not happening is it biblical discernment appears to be a fading skill set do you have any idea of how much of the current flood of alleged signs and wonders within so-called christianity would be wiped off of the table if it was john 14:27 niv peace i leave with you my peace i give you i do not give to you as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid our dependency is on jesus our salvation is in jesus our victory is in Jesus. And most importantly, without Jesus we can accomplish nothing. That would be no thing. The role of the church was to follow through with the Great Commission but somehow, somehow, we got sidetracked. Somewhere on that straight and narrow path, the greater part of the church took an off-ramp and our focus got waylaid to what we could do and how we would do it. And collectively, as the church, we failed because the power is not us, the power and authority in heaven and on earth resides in Jesus. Satan knows that and the absolute last thing he wants us to focus on is exactly that. Our commission from Jesus was pretty straightforward, Matthew twenty-eight eighteen to 20 NIV reads. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age." The whole focus or focal point of the Bible is Jesus. That hasn't changed. But unfortunately, for far too many within the church, ours has. I am not downplaying the benefits of nationalism nor the gains that have been made through personal sacrifice and political endeavors, nor am I advocating voting for legislation that supports abortion, etc. But nationalism and political endeavors is not the focus of the church, Jesus is, and when we lose that focus and start, as the church, to operate as the world operates, trying to gain authority and power politically, rather than being in the world but not of the world, we become in the world and of the world and thusly we become a house divided, and a house that is divided, falls. Satan knows that too and sad to say, it appears to be working for him very well. Worthy is the Lamb. Blessings.